Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Rita Roy, CEO at the National Spine Health Foundation, and I'm your host for the Get Back to It podcast, where we tell real stories of healing and recovery. What does it mean to get back to it? It means overcoming injury through treatments that work in order to return to the people and activities you love, whatever that looks like for you. It means getting back to your life. We're here to share the success stories of those who did just that, and some of these stories you're not going to believe. At the Get Back To It podcast, our goal is to tell stories of spinal champions, people who've been able to achieve a better quality of life through spinal health care. Today, I am thrilled to be speaking with Dr. Michael Perez, a general practitioner from Virginia who had a successful spinal fusion surgery in his lower back. Dr. Perez initially experienced lower back pain while doing yoga, and after a year of pain, he decided to seek treatment. You'll have to keep listening to discover how this physician-turned-patient found the optimal treatment for him. Dr. Perez is a family physician who leads an active lifestyle. Some of his favorite activities include surfing, golf, and yoga. It was during a yoga session that Dr. Perez initially experienced his lower back pain. I was actually doing some yoga classes here in our office and I tried to do some positions in yoga and started experiencing a lot of pain. And I had a lot of problems getting out of bed and my wife said, I think it's time to do something. So I needed to shift my active lifestyle. Dr. Perez started his patient journey with non-surgical treatment. This ranged from physical therapy to injected methods of pain management. I initially went to some physical therapy. I went to a friend of mine who was a chiropractor and tried even some injections and things just weren't improving. Dr. Perez saw a pain management specialist who suggested facet joint injections, but those only yielded minimal improvement. Yeah, I was uh, went to the spine specialist and at the referral of uh, some of my friends who are therapists and tried the injections and they helped minimally. I was really hopeful. I was praying they were going to work, but they didn't work out too well. Having tried multiple non-surgical options, including bone marrow injections into the injured disc, Dr. Perez began to explore surgical options. Ultimately, a surgical solution was probably going to be the best for me uh, as I was just not improving. I had an unstable disc and uh, I went through with the L2-3 fusion a year ago. Dr. Perez's fusion surgery was highly successful. One year later, he's been able to return to his favorite activities without medication. He attributes some of his quick success to having maintained a strong core pre-surgery. As a family doctor, I've taken care of lots of folks with back problems and experiencing back pain uh, for myself was really quite a whole new deal and it gave me a whole lot more respect understanding for those who suffer with chronic back problems. Our physician turned patient shares some appropriate doctor insight. Uh, I think the most important thing that I learned from all this was, was following the recommendations of the physicians and the providers that you're seeing. Uh, there's a path towards getting to a, a way of helping 
your back problems and trying to follow those recommendations, especially the core strengthening, postures, those are key ingredients to uh, having successful outcome. And I feel like I'm, I'm proof that uh, doing this is the way to go and I'm very passionate about helping others. Dr. Perez, it is so gratifying to see you living out the advice that I'm sure you are able to offer to your patients on a daily basis, now with even greater understanding. Lower back pain is always challenging, but I think it's especially challenging when you're living an active life that suddenly has to be paused. You shared about maintaining your strong core, uh, which which we're big proponents of, of sharing here at the foundation. And, and I'd say, what advice would you give to our listeners about maintaining that strong core, starting wherever they are? I felt for me, at least, uh, the strong core, uh, I worked with doing a lot of yoga for the last 15 years. And I, I realized that having that foundation was good for lots of things, but especially for back problems. And so as I did my yoga, but then I couldn't do much yoga. I had to switch to more of a Pilates-based exercise to help strengthen that core. And as that, as my core got strengthened better, I think it actually helped me recover from surgery better. Yeah, that that is such a key point. Oftentimes, we hear the word prehabbing. So things that you, when you know you're headed you know, for surgery, often many surgeons will encourage their patients to do some activities preoperatively to sort of prepare their bodies to get strong so that the recovery can be a, a little quicker and and a little better. Um, and it sounds like you'd been working on that for 15 years. <laughs> so. I was hoping that that was going to uh, keep me away from having to have surgery, but, uh, you know, it, I think you're right. I think exactly that, that prehabbing was really a, a good idea. And I actually, I share that with my patients now to say, hey, you know, you, if you can do this, uh, beforehand, you'll have a much better outcome and recovery. Yeah. What 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 is the uh, the expression that people use? They say the best exercise to do is the exercise you do. <laughs> right? I like that. And I and I think oftentimes people are intimidated and they say I'm out of shape. I can't do this. And and how do you you know do you do you see that with patients? Sometimes they don't know where to start. What should I do? And I'm uh, it's going to be such a long road. I, you know, what do I do? Sure. So especially as a family doctor, because a lot of these folks I've known for a long time who then progress into needing such type of care. And so I have that relationship already built up. So I'm able to, uh, and now even more so that I've had surgery, I can kind of share with them. And I do share with them, hey, this is what I've been through. This is what I found is, has helped me in my recovery. And so, uh, yeah, having that conversation early on, not just sending them right to the, the surgeon and saying, hey, let's operate on this terrible situation, but getting them well-educated and well-informed, it takes away a lot of the, the, the worry and the, the concern so that they have a, a good outcome. You got to the key point there with doing that education about what procedure is going to happen or about what treatment choices patients are making, the more you know and understand what is happening to your body, the better the outcome is going to be. And in fact, in spine, there are a number of studies called patient expectation studies, where scientists have looked at 
the conversation that happens preoperatively between the surgeon and the patient and making sure that they're on the same page. Because sometimes the surgeon will say, oh, I fixed it. We, we did a great job, but a patient might be expecting a different outcome or something different to happen. So getting educated, getting on the same page ultimately leads to better outcomes. We have data to prove that, but we sort of intuitively know that as well. And I think one of the things that, that I tend to find is people do a lot of research on the internet about their problem, about the procedures. Uh, sometimes they can find good information, sometimes they don't. And I have to kind of help them through that to realize, well, yes, these are options, but for your particular situation, you might need this particular type of arrangement with your physician, this type of procedure, this type of therapy, because it's not a one-size-fit-all thing here. So uh, I think that it's important to, to be careful with internet information, but it's, 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 a, it's a decent beginning resource. Yeah, and I would say along those lines, that's that's part of our mission here at the National Spine Health Foundation, is to be an authoritative, unbiased, honest, truthful source of information for people so that when they know that they're coming to spinehealth.org, they're going to hear really good information that they should then take to their doctor and discuss with their doctor. You know, and I and I love that you said there's, you know, no no cookie cutter solution uh, for, for neck and back or spine issues. You know, what works for one person may not be the right solution for another person, but learning from others and understanding what the range of options are is important. And it's important for people to be able to discuss that with their doctor. Michael, you have mentioned that, you know, it, it took you about a year to seek treatment. I'd like to talk about that treatment journey. One of the things that we try to educate people about is when it comes to your spine, you know, don't delay treatment on that. So I, I liked hearing in your story that you felt this pain and you immediately began to sort of investigating, like something's wrong. I'm not able to get out of bed as quickly. I'm not able to do my, something's wrong. Let me start looking into this. Can you talk to us about the choices you made? When, when did you know that physical therapy and maybe chiropractic wasn't getting you? A, how do you know? Like how long should a person let that happen? Uh, well, I can share my experience and I might be able to shed some light on what's probably the, the, the best way to go about it. But I, I guess when I really couldn't do the things in yoga that I wanted to do, I was like, okay, this is not right. I can't play golf anymore. I had to stop playing golf. Um, my wife liked to go surfing. I, I couldn't surf anymore. I was like, okay. And that, that took <laughs> longer than I, I'd hoped for. Uh, it was probably about a six to nine month situation before I, I really kind of kicked things into gear because I, I was trying to do my own therapy, trying to do my own stuff, and it just wasn't improving. So uh, once I kind of made that decision, went to the therapist, went to my chiropractor, did all these things, and it just wasn't going in a good direction. I, I talked to one of my colleagues and he said, well, okay, you know what to do, right? <laughs> you, go, you take the next step. So it took me a little push. I thought I could manage this on my own, but I, I wish I would have done something different a little sooner. But that's just the progress I had to make in my mind to come to accept that, hey, this is coming down to a surgery at some point in time. And I kind of had to just get the, the comfort with that. And even being a physician, I... I 
sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. And uh, finally, though, when I decided to make that next leap, it, it, it felt right. I felt strong about it. Um, I had a lot of support. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And with you being in healthcare, you know, you you have sort of an inside view on on what that looks like. And I think, you know, trying to manage the the situation on your own, taking over the counter medications, trying to manage that pain and realizing at some point this isn't working. Let me seek help. I think that's that's such a key lesson to learn there. You know, we like to to remind people that you know, if you get to a place where you're feeling numbness or weakness, those are nerves talking to you, right? So bones bones can be fixed pretty easily. Nerves, not so much. So you don't want to let things go so long to the point of where there could be nerve, irreversible nerve damage. So, Absolutely. And that was one of the things that was a little unique about my situation was that I did not have any type of neuropathic symptoms. Uh, mine was purely an unstable two, three disc. Um, I never had any type of symptoms into my legs. I, I know that had that happened, I would have been on it much sooner. Uh, but I, I really felt that this was just something musculoskeletal that'd get better on its own, or with my with what I was doing. But I remember the one morning getting out of bed, and I tried to shift out of bed, and I was like, I can't get up. Wow. That was that was the key. That's like okay. That's that was good. the day. My wife said, "Go do, go take care of that." And it was the right thing to do. That's amazing. That's incredible. You know, to your point, w- one of our physical therapy experts who we we um, consult with often here in the foundation says that there's there have been studies done where if you take an average person off the street, you know, 80% of the time, people are going to have disc disease in an x-ray. If you just pull a person off, you know, randomly off the street, 80% of the time, you're going to randomly see on an x-ray disc disease. But it's not symptomatic. And so what do you do with that? Nothing. You don't do anything, right? There's right. nothing. It's, it's not bothering you. It's not causing a problem. It's just what it is. Well, I remember when my, my x-ray came back, I, I was shocked because I was like, <laughs> well, I was looking at it. I go, that's me? And I saw there was a 20% scoliosis that I had no idea. Someone told me, actually, my, my colleague said he saw me walking down the hallway one day with some clothes on. And he goes, you're crooked. <laughs> I am. I don't feel crooked. And uh, so when the extras came back, 20% scoliosis, you know, as, as a, I was 59, I guess, at the time, I was like, that's not right. Wow. <laughs> so that, that really right. kind of shocked me as a physician, like, boy, that's a big, that's a big problem. So that's when I really had to put the heat on. Yeah, been be compensating, and of course, we all have some degree of of um, cause there are the normal curvatures of the spine, and we all have some degree of scoliosis or a little you know, little turn. But when it gets to that point, you know, it, it's it is weird. When you, and I felt the same thing when I saw my X ray, and I said, "My legs hurting. Why is there a problem in my back?" I just didn't. <laughs> right. You know, like, why are you taking an X ray of my back? I'm telling you, it's my leg. <laughs> so, sure. and you, then you, you know, I looked at that X ray, and I said, "Oh my God." Is that me? <laughs> what's that's that vertebrae doing way over there? <laughs> shouldn't be there. So, so that, that's so interesting. Well, um, Michael, we know that spinal health care is a journey. I'm so thrilled that you're back to your favorite activities. We we know also that um, spinal health care is not a one and done situation, right? So, you you know, you go you 
get the awareness, you find the diagnosis, you get the right treatment, you have your surgery, and now you're back in life. But there is an ongoing maintenance component of that, right? So talk to us about what things you are doing or what what kinds of things you think about or or you do to prevent, you know, further injury or to maintain your your uh, your great success. Well, first was patience. Uh, I'm not typically a real patient person when it comes to physical things. And so I had to realize that, okay, let's follow the plan and let's do what my doctor and my therapist have told me to do in order to recover from the surgical procedure first. Uh, Cause that does take some time. And, it, and I think my physician told me it'd be about six months for the fusion to, to really be solid. So I had to be very careful those first six months. Uh, I got involved a physical therapist and uh, they were great. They did so many different unique types of therapies to help stabilize, particularly my area that was involved. Uh, so I, I stuck with that. I went to therapy twice a week. I was really diligent about that. Once I finished therapy, then uh, I went to a, a, a local facility here in Manassas that uh, is a, a health facility sort of thing. It's tied with George Mason University. And they have an excellent program there. They've done spine work with or worked with spine folks before and did some really unique types of strengthening core exercises that I had never even heard of, which was really, really cool. Wow. Um, and so I, I stuck with that for the next three months. And then once I felt and I went back to my doctor and he said, hey, you're, you're good to go. You can go ahead and start doing things. Uh, that's when I really poured myself back into the Pilates and the yoga sort of thing that's helped me the most. I like the mind-body connection. Um, I think that's very important in recovery of things like this. And so that's where the, the yoga helps. So my wife and I do yoga, try to do it two or three times a week. It's great. And then uh, being very careful, I have, a, I have a big yard at home and I really like to work in the yard and I, I, I can't do a lot of things I used to do before because it's just too much on my spine. So I, I'm slowly getting back to some things, but just being careful as I, as I do things. I mean, you know, how to pick things up. I mean, it sounds so silly. You just can't snap over and pick right back up. You got to do things differently. And so it takes time to relearn that. And thoughtful movement, right? You've got to really think about the movement. Yes. Think what you're doing. Let's don't, don't just snap at something. Think about how am I going to do this? You know, it, it, it pays off because you're, you're, you're back, you know, you have one spine and you have all these muscles around it and your spine, you know, if there's a problem there, then you have to do everything else around that spine to, to maintain your, your posture, your form and everything. So it, it really is so crucial, that whole core mechanism. And I really appreciate now more than ever how important that is. Yeah. You know, what's amazing with the advancements in minimally invasive surgery, the surgeons can make these tiny incisions and and really not disrupt the muscle tissue you know around the spine and and that really does aid in faster recovery and and getting back quicker and just the more that you can do to to be healthy and, and strong in that way the you know the better all of that goes so I just uh, just feel like you've um, you just really an inspiration and a role model for how to how to get through this um, really just amazing. Well, I was happy that my, my surgeon decided to go from a lateral approach because he said it'll allow me to get back to my types of things I like to do sooner. Uh, it was weird because when they go through the side to get down to that spot, they have to go and they push the tissue aside and they push on uh, the femoral nerve in that particular type of procedure. 
And uh, so I, I still have some numbness down into my thigh, which is a little odd, but it's going away slowly over time. But he told me to, ex to expect that. Um, but never did I have really any problems with functioning. So it's just all just learning how to deal with that unusual symptom. But I'm so glad he went in that direction so that I could do get back a little sooner to the things I like to do. Well, that's that's awesome. And as I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at you on this recording. Of course, our listeners will be listening, but I'm I'm seeing you in front of me, and you just look awesome. Thank you. And it's just it's been a year, and I can't. I mean, like it's just amazing. You look just so healthy and vibrant and happy and fit and all those all those wonderful things. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I did. and getting back to playing golf. That's. That was Yay! my really added benefit. Never thought I was going to be able to swing a golf club again. Yeah. Oh, that's a miracle, honestly. It it's We say miracles of modern medicine. And uh, what, what, a, what a great time to be alive uh, oh, in absolutely. this time that we're living in. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just kind of last thing, you're sharing on the recovery side, being really committed to your physical therapy, um, really doing, you know, doing what it takes. Was it hard to carve out time to do that with your job? How did that, how does that play out? What, what could people expect when that, when they're trying to, you know, get to those appointments, also trying to get back to work? How does, what does that picture look like? So my plan was typically go in uh, two times a week to physical therapy for an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, just depends upon what needed to be done at that time because they reassess you as you come in to see how you're doing, how you're progressing, uh, figure out the, the plan and the program. So that's an important thing is that you have a good therapist who is willing to work with your surgeon and help to, to guide these sort of things. And so luckily I had that. So I would try to make time either, sometimes it would be before work, sometimes at lunch, sometimes after work. Uh, the, the nice thing about therapists, they have lots of hours that are, are unique, and it's even on weekends sometimes. So it's just finding that uh, time and committing to it because I, I didn't really have to take time off for therapy. I took time off from sur after surgery for three to four weeks, which was difficult, but I had to do it. I just had to recover. Uh, but then once the therapy kicked in, I almost looked forward to going to it because I could tell, hey, I'm getting better. I can see the improvement I'm having. So, so it's just fine. Just making the time just like anything else that's important in your life. That's that's awesome. That's so so good to hear. And it, it does it, it is almost like something you look forward to because you do you're starting to feel so good each time and and you want that you want that feeling. That's awesome. When you start to accomplish things like all right, I've met these goals. Where are we going now? Going surfing. Yeah. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> I haven't said that yet. <laughs> no, you have. Okay. I hope to try surfing um, next next New Year's, I guess, is the time we're thinking about going back. And uh, I'll give it a try. We'll see how it goes. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, just just sharing in, in my story, I grew up a skier. I think I got my spondy in a ski fall. And so I just figured I was probably never going to downhill ski again no. and had my fusion, um, you know, end of 2017. And I went downhill skiing this winter. I mean, it took me a few years to, you know, get ready for that. What a thrill. I was like, wait a second. I forgot how hard it is just to get the boots on. <laughs> <laughs> but but I did that. I popped on the skis and I got oh. on the lift and I just, I took it easy. I, you know, I didn't do it the way I used to do it, which is fine. But it was just incredible, just incredible. And um, 
It was awesome. So well, yeah, you'll you. get back, you'll get back on that surfboard and you'll be like, yes, ma'am. I never thought I'd do this again. Here I am. What part of, what part of the world do you uh, like to surf in? Where do you guys go? Uh, we go down, uh, I guess my wife about uh, 2015, I think the last time we went or first time we went and it was, uh, she wanted to go on a woman's surfing trip, but then she goes, well, why don't you come along? They had a, a co-ed thing. And so we went to Costa Rica on the West coast, Nice, the most beautiful waves, really great sets, beautiful people. Oh yeah. Home, home of the endless summer, right? That whole thing <laughs> over there, Tam Tamarindo, Devil's Rock over there in Costa Rica. Yep. 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 Awesome. That's awesome. It is an awesome place. Yeah, if you get a chance to go, go. Yeah. I've been there. That's awesome. Good. Well, Dr. Perez, Michael, it's been an honor to meet you and step into your story. I think there's something so powerful about you as a physician, being able to share this true empathy uh, with your own neck and back story with your patients. And uh, we are so happy that you're going to get back to surfing, that you're golfing, you're doing your yoga. And uh, I thank you so much for inspiring other people with your story. And uh, um, I will I will part today's conversation with a namaste. <laughs> namaste. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Enjoyed sharing. At the National Spine Health Foundation, something we believe in most is providing hope for recovery through sharing stories of success and expertise. It isn't always easy to find someone to relate to, even though 100 million adults suffer from neck or low back pain every year. To hear more stories of spinal champion recovery and success, access educational materials about spine health, visit us at spinehealth.org. If you're interested in supporting our show financially, you can contribute at the link provided. Thank you for listening.